I will never not laugh at how stupid that intro is. It's wonderful. Wait, Great who job. Made it's it? preposterous. I I constructed the Stab off. the the intro. It's goat noises from a YouTube goat video. Oh. Who hopefully will never sue us for copyright. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, so silly. Well, what we've already heard the voice, but we have a special guest today. I'm Jimmy Marino, I'm and we have Elena Olson with us today. Do you want to just quickly introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name's um, Elena Olson. Um, I'm from Michigan, but I'm in San Diego right now. Um, and I was introduced to these two lovely guys by our mutual friend, Jaina. Oh, shout out to Jay. Jay to the nah. Uh, I love Jaina. Also, really quick to everyone in the world, there is a 0% chance that Sabah or I are qualified to be interviewing Elena on this podcast because Elena is a literal Olympian to be. Legend. So this is Bananas. And thank you so much for being here. Um, do you want to explain a little bit about, Elena, about um, what you're going to be doing in, in 2021 coming up later this year? Yes, I have to um, just clarify. So, like, um, our pro- we have an Olympic program. Um, there's 20 of us. But every tournament, we choose 12 girls to represent our program and the team so it's hard to guarantee who is going to be at the olympics but we are all training for the spot and we are you know all part of the team um that ends up representing us there i mean that's a great start already i just um to even have that explained in the process i was really interested in hearing more about not only the process of like going to the olympics but like your journey and your process as being a woman's rugby an athlete in the women's um realm of women's of women's athletics and what it's been like for you on your journey from University of Michigan onto the Olympic potential Olympic team or on the Olympic team and maybe in the final twelve that'll go to Tokyo. Um, so that's already been a really great intro. I guess how did you get started um, with rugby? Oh, um, yes, I found I actually found it in college. So I didn't play in high school or growing up. Um, I had played soccer and then my cousins played rugby. And I think I was just looking for something new, something different. Um, and the whole contact aspect of rugby was just really calling my name. So I went and I um, showed up yes. to one of the practices and um, it was fun. But like, really, I think the reason that I started loving rugby so much was was because the people were so amazing like it is just like this really inclusive culture that's like come as you are we take any type of person any type of athlete and you have a place here like there's you have a job and we need you for it and like and it's just like everybody feels so welcome and it's a big family and we have fun um and we're just crazy you know like mm. it takes like a little type of crazy <laughs> to just want to just like hit each other all the time um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I don't know if my bones would be ready for that contact. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, I played, I played in college, and there was a coach on the men's team, and he was a scout for USA, and he ended up taking me under his wing for like the next four years, um, into pathway that programs. Is banana right? 
like I know you played soccer before that, but like to go somewhere, could you, Sabah, could you imagine literally being good enough at literally anything that the first few times you do it, someone says, come with me. You might be in the Olympics <laughs> one day. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And you are, Elena, you've already played against like countries like Australia and France and China <laughs> and like many others. Like I, I was learning. Are those countries? There's like a particular <laughs> highlight of yours where you like, where you got the ball and I think you scored a try to to basically end the game. And it was incredible. And I don't know anything about rugby. It is crazy to wrap my brain around starting to learn something at the age of 18 and then just exploding onto the scene and just being amazing at it. <laughs> well, yes, you're not alone in um, not knowing anything about rugby. I think that's like <laughs> a lot of the U.S., um it's but it's really big in in a lot of other countries um but like actually a lot of the girls on our team probably didn't find rugby until college Uh, it's pretty Mm. standard in the U.S. for um for the like for rugby to have a lot of crossover athletes because there just aren't as many opportunities in well you know as you're growing up or in high school for women especially to play so um Mm -hmm. It is. It's. It's like yeah. everybody feels so crazy because you know they had a whole life before rugby, and they and then like all of a sudden it just sweeps you off your feet, and you're in a whole different life than you were like <laughs> five years ago. Yeah, traveling around the world is a little different than just walking onto campus and be like, you know what, I'm not going to play soccer. <laughs> that is insane. And I also, I have never seen the highlight, so I'm watching it right now, and you just. I'm or I'm watching a highlight. I don't know if it's the same one that you saw, Saba, but it looks like there was a little bit of a scrum going on. Let me know if I'm using any of my lingo wrong. Wow, and you just yes. beast moded down the field. You're just like, peace out. Hey, thanks. Oh. I did um I did have one friend from high school that ended up going to college and playing um I don't know if it was sevens or what, but they played rugby, um, club rugby for a few years at a small college in Vermont. So oh, cool. I got a couple things. I know a few things. One of uh, one of our much. girls is from Vermont, and she's always like Ben and Jerry's. Like that's <laughs> that's your go-to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, oh my gosh, the famous Ben and Jerry from right here in Vermont. Oof! Look at you though. I'm still. I'm watching it on repeat. You just turned on the gas and said peace out. Oh, do you guys notice at the end when I just start crying? Because I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure that's it's that clip. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what? Um. Elena, oh my God! What, yes. What <laughs> yes, that is what amazing. Is the of this clip that we're like geeking out on. What was that game? So we had gotten we had gotten a new coach that year, and this was our first tournament with him. Actually, it was my first tournament ever on the world stage. Um, it was my debut tournament. Um, Casual. and we were in the semifinals. So like. We were historic. We would historically, I think, place around like maybe fifth, fifth place in the World Series, and we got a new coach. So it was like, oh, what's gonna happen? Like, are we gonna do well? Are we gonna tank? And um, we made it to the semifinals, and this was my and I, you know, it was still my first tournament, and it's my first try ever. It's like the first try I ever score on a world oh, stage, and it was to win the I... semifinal against France. <laughs> yeah. My God! This is the highlight of my oh, life. My Holy shit! <laughs> Elena, this is the highlight of my life. <laughs> I don't even know you. 
Um, oh my god, that's crazy. So, what position do you play? And you play sevens. Yes. Yes. So, can you kind of explain that and how, like, what your role is in the team? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm, I usually play scrum half. I also play fly half. Um, and that might not really mean anything if, if you don't know rugby. Um, well, that's what I play in sevens. Sevens and fifteens are a little bit different. But basically, you have, you have your really strong powerhouse forwards um, who just, you know, carry the ball into contact. And then you have your like really speedy finishers who like score all the tries, get all the fame and publicity. And then you have um, me who is like the linker. So I pass like I'm just I pass the ball. I get people in the space and then I like I'm like, here, you have the ball here. You have the ball and let them do their thing kind of. Um, So I just connect those two together is the best way I can describe it. You're like, you're like the, the six so you are, in soccer, yeah. like defensive midfielder or like shortstop in baseball. Yes. AKA the most important player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know soccer that well, but once Sabah said shortstop, I said, holy shit. <laughs> Elena, you yeah, are I'm thinking like, that is, that is important. I'm thinking like Carly Lloyd, that type of player. Oh my gosh. She's Carly Lloyd. Whoa. <laughs> Elena, you're amazing. Oh wow. <laughs> Except maybe um like you're you're usually like pretty small, so you're like constantly getting getting smashed. Like um I don't know. It's just really funny. <laughs> I I love watching my teammates cuz they'll just like smash people, but then when you see like um us like the smaller girls, we're just constantly getting smashed. <laughs> and it's like a it's like a great feeling because it makes you feel like you've done your job with like something <laughs> smashes. <laughs> I love that. And again, I don't know if I'm cut out for it, but I love it. I respect it from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like so you're in San Diego? Do you ever do you do you like play in the ocean at all? Not like play rugby in the ocean, but like just generally oh, okay. enjoy the ocean? <laughs> I was confused. Um well so since COVID, we've had a lot more time and more like a lot more energy. So usually it's like, oh, we don't have enough energy to go out and expend more energy. Um but since COVID, like a lot of us started surfing and we were like we have we've we've lived in San Diego for like two years but never gone surfing and now we're all we all just love to go to go in the water, go surfing. Sometimes try spear fishing, um, no, which way. is a little oh. bit scary. Nice. Yeah, that one's cool, but it is kind of scary. What's the? Well, okay. Elena literally was just like, "I love to get hurt and be hit by huge people." <laughs> I did my job, but I'm afraid of spear fishing. <laughs> that tuna. What's the um? What's the biggest thing you ever caught spear fishing? Well, see, that's so funny because I've never actually caught anything. I just keep, <laughs> okay. keep going out we'll there. there. <laughs> and I know one day, but actually one time <laughs> we went lobstering um, and like we caught I one lobster and it's like, but you do that with your hands. It's a little bit different. Um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did you guys ever do that? Did you spearfishing or lobstering? I, in the Philippines. I did spear fishing when I was in the Philippines and it was it was very fun and insanely difficult. I speared one yes and my friends who were like showing me how to do it they were like spear fish here spear fish there um 
It was very odd. <laughs> yeah, I only did spear fishing once, and I like tried literally, literally one time, and I was like, you know what? I don't think we should trust me with this spear in my hand. There are currently children around, and nobody needs an accident. <laughs> it didn't go great. But you definitely keep trying, you know, you'll you will get there. Yeah, I just wish um the water was warmer sometimes like were you because sometimes it just it, I mean, in the winter, it gets so cold. And then I'm just like, I can't, I, you know, I'd make it out past the break. And then I'm like, I'm just gonna go back. in. Now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, fully. I was in the Florida Keys in the summer. So it was pretty oh, nice. <laughs> so a little different. <laughs> well, okay. Hang on. I do have a question, though. Okay, I have two. I have two things. One was I was gonna say, ask him the satisfaction I get when I get dunked by like a wave. I feel like maybe that's the same satisfaction you get when you get like nailed oh on the rugby field by like a, a huge person just running at you. My, my other thing was when you say we're in San Diego, are is that like the whole women U.S. women's rugby team is there in San Diego in like a like all twenty of you? Yes. Yeah. All of us are here. There's um a, an Olympic training center in San Diego. Um, So us and the men's team both train there full time. It's a residency program. Um, So it's yeah, it's weird to have it be like a full time. I think a lot of people don't get that. um, Get the benefit of being able to train all the time every day like that. Wow. And how long have you been doing that in San Diego? Um, it's about my, it's probably, I think my third year. Yes. Three years. Yeah. It's been a long time. And then, so to decide who gets to go to like Tokyo this summer, is that, is that like what the 20, the 20 person squad is? And then it gets narrowed down from there. Yeah. Yes. That's what happens. They'll have 12 in the squad and then they'll have like 14 or 15 or like three in addition to the 12 that are um travel reserves um and a lot of you know we get injuries probably more frequent or i don't know some pretty frequently um and so you know we have a whole squad because we need to be able to you know play against each other and practice and then you know if injuries happen knock on wood we still have you know people so yeah yeah okay so elena i have a question for you if you if you can say i don't know what the rules are around this or if it's taboo to talk about on a member of the potential member of 12 as as one of the 20 how do you feel about your chances and the likelihood of you making it onto that final roster of 12 or one of the two or three alternate travel art alternates excuse me um i've had a pretty long road, like hard, hard road. I, I think I haven't been on the team more than I have when they travel. Um, that being said, you're always trying and you're all, you know, you're always working for that spot, but you have full trust that whoever is in those spots will do the job that they need to do and will represent you in the way, because that's, you know, that's the point of us practicing with each other every day is to, to build each other up and, and mm-hmm. and be competitive right so like that's one of the I think one of the hardest things about the environment is that you're competing with your best friend you know these are your best friends you spend mm-hmm. every moment of every day with them and you know you're you're competing for the same spot as they are 
and you have to like wake up every morning just like giving your whole self um to you know be the best that you can be and be the best you can be for your teammates um sorry that went that turned in a different direction but um all I can really <laughs> say is that I you know of course that you, of course you hope that you're there and you work to be there um and I'll be lucky if if I make it but it's you know everybody is so deserving of the spot it's you, you can never tell really like who do I got to talk to who do oh. who do I have to call who can I write a letter to to say Elena needs to be on this Olympic team. I mean nothing to anyone, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have viewing parties. I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to get on that team. <laughs> um <laughs> you don't have they won't give their information. Um, yeah. Sava, you had a question. Yes. My my question was okay. I've I've met you, but because this is insane. So when we find out if you it's, made the team. Okay. Or if you made the squad, you're already on the team. If you made the the traveling squad, um, well, I think they, <laughs> well, I think they will release it maybe in July before the games. Who who the team will be? Okay. Yeah. Cool. And also, so my other question is: before we started recording, you were telling me that that you had been in Dubai most recently for a tournament. Can you yes. can you talk about that and like how was it? How was Dubai? How was the tournament? Um, Dubai was hot. <laughs> it was so hot, um, <laughs> and there were a lot of camels. Um, but so, <laughs> I love this. Yeah, we it's exactly was, how I imagined Dubai to be. <laughs> And there's oh, and there's Uber <laughs> helicopter in Dubai. That was no, wild. yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Are you serious? Right? Yeah, they have helicopter. Okay, packs. this is now an Uber helicopter podcast, a Dubai podcast. Like, tell us more about <laughs> that. Is bananas. We are in Dubai now. Oh yes. Oh um, it's Ramadan. Ramadan. <laughs> yes, Ramadan. Now, Ramadan Mubarak. Oh, but, uh, but um, so Dubai was our second tournament back, and um, it's just so different now than what it used to be because there are no fans. We can't interact, you know. Besides playing another team, you don't really interact with the team. You can't go out and explore. You have to stay in your room, just with your one, like with your one roommate for for like two weeks. Um, but you can't even like see we, each other on off hours. Yeah, as well, there. Once we officially make it into the bubble, wow. we're allowed to see each other, but we're supposed to be masked. Um, but you okay. know, there's isolation days, and it's it's just very different than what it used to be. Um, but it is really nice to have the opportunity to like play teams again because it's been so long, and. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, trying to work out how to play against other people again. We've, we've been playing each other for like a year now. And so now we see another team and there's a lot of things that go through your head. And it's just they they have very different styles of play that like it just takes a little bit, you know, trying to mm-hmm. adjust our game style, trying to adjust what we're doing or, you know, focus in on whatever points we need to. 
um, to win a game against whoever we're playing. Um, yeah. Yeah. How have, how have you how have you managed that stress of not only COVID? Because I know like I'm stressed in my life because of COVID. Just because like if I see someone without a mask at the grocery store, I'm like, Ugh. um, you know, like. <laughs> but it's completely different traveling across the world and being on a world stage and still doing your profession, but with so many changes. So how, what are some things that you've done? I guess the typical COVID question, what are some things that you've done that have helped like manage the stress and the bizarreness of playing international rugby during a literal pandemic? Um, our, our like general manager is really good with her precautions. Like we have to take a lot of tests and, we that you know they take a lot of safety measures to make sure that we stay safe um like we're in the airport you know like two masks and one of those face shields just like noobs all of us (laughs) it's like a 16-hour flight with our face face shield on um but and and then the tournaments also take a lot of precaution so (laughs) yeah well they and and so, you know, nobody's really allowed to leave the hotel, not us or other teams. So once, you know, you get the negative COVID test, you feel pretty, you feel more safe in that bubble, I think, than I do regular in, Sa- in San Diego when we're training and then mm. go back home and then go to training. Yeah. Yeah. Who, what, what teams did you play in Dubai? Um, we played... Oh, yeah. We played... Brazil, Japan, Kenya, France, and Canada. And those are all teams that will be at the Olympics. Um, and it went well. We weren't, like, we were. We would win, but we wouldn't feel like a groove. We're still searching for our groove, mm-hmm. I think, right now. But we lost to Canada both weekends. Um, but Canada lost to France, and France lost to us. So it was a big circle between the three yes. of us yeah yeah so are those the three favorites at the olympics if all goes according to plan or are y'all guys feeling good about your chances at meddling do you think maybe you could have a medal around your neck in a few months oh we i mean we hope so and there's that de- like we definitely have a chance like it's a, it's an opportunity that we are given to you know go grab go grab a medal that could be yes. ours but i but so France and Canada are um the three of us are in the top five for um, women's teams in the world, but the other two okay. big teams are Australia and New Zealand, and they're teams that we haven't seen yet this year, which is a little bit difficult. So we just hope that we get a chance to play them before showing up to the games. Um, you know, just to kind of work, right. you know, see how see what they're doing, see how we do against them. Um, but those are the two like big names that we haven't seen yet right and your the the tournament that was supposed Those to be the biggest competition got canceled right because of covid so you probably won't have an opportunity right to play new zealand or australia i know that they'll be try- they'll be trying to work something in where we scrimmage them but i think that there's an invitational for us in la actually where i don't know if they'll be there but i think they there's a good chance that they might. Oh be. my god! Can fans go to the Invitational, or is it still like, it's COVID? I'm not sure if they'll allow fans. 
you know, I hope so. But and and the men's team will also be there, so it'll be one of you know. It's usually one of our bigger, ter- you know, it's our home yeah. tournament with with the men's and women's team in the same place. Um, so I don't know what they'll do yet. I haven't heard back. Uh, seriously, how do I watch this at home? Because I don't oftentimes see rugby on TV. Is there a way I can like stream it, bootleg it, do something legal, illegal, whatever? And to the guy from the government who's listening to this as we record it, it's gonna be legal. But like, what's the best <laughs> way to go about watching it? Do you have any? Show us the rug, man. Um, I think it's one <laughs> of the like. Uh, I think I'd need to look it up because I think that's one of the issues we've had in the past is that like it's hard to find rugby all in one place. I think um nbcsn had us for our last season um but i'm not sure where you could find it especially since it's an invitational this year um it might just be streamed so you'd have to you know go to usa rugby they usually throw the streams up there like the day of or the week before and um so if you want to catch the games they'll definitely have the information that you need okay usa rugby people you heard it here first if you want to watch elena I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna speak it into existence. What everyone's doing nowadays, manifesting. If you want to watch Elena Olson at the Olympics, go to USA Rugby um, <laughs> and check her out because she's gonna score a few tries. She's gonna win the gold for us. I feel it in my bones. Oh, am I from the Midwest? Did you <laughs> did you just hear me say bones? What just happened? <laughs> um. So Elena, outside of rugby, you are obviously still a real human. What do you do when you're off the pitch? Usually, like, sleep and eat cookies. Those are my favorite after practice. Like, I'm like, oh, oh I should have a cookie. It's a dream. <laughs> but um, I do really care about the environment. Um, and that is kind of my MO outside of rugby. And recently have been trying to blend those two worlds together. So for a while, it was like, um, I I like sports and I like trees and then now it's kind of like <laughs> well why can't why can't they Same. you know be together you know like athletes have now you know have a platform that they're using to talk about a lot of different issues why not talk about climate change why not talk about you know the environment and um so trying to blend those two worlds together yes oh yes and before we um jumped on the phone today we were talking about nafisa collier um which also, I don't know if we talked about this, but Saba, why don't you go ahead and really quick tangent and talk about um, your goddaughter, Nafisa, and how that came oh to Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Nafisa Collier is a player who played for UConn and now plays for a basketball team in Europe and also one in the States. Uh, hmm. Which one does she Minnesota Lynx, you got it. Minnesota Lynx. Plays for Minnesota, Minnesota Lynx. Yeah. And... Um, so that's uh, <laughs> section A of this really long explanation. <laughs> section B is um, uh, so Jimmy and I were Peace Corps volunteers um, in the Philippines, um, which actually, and Elena, your mother is Filipina. So maybe we should talk yes. about that at some point. Too, which will be awesome. Um, hey, Mabuhai. Yes. <laughs> Dagos. Um, so. So uh, my my host family in the Philippines, um, after I got back to, from from doing Peace Corps there, they had another baby and, and they were really close and they called me. Oh, well, well, they were like, we're going to have a baby. So I went to the Philippines, uh, saw the baby um, and became its godfather. 
which was like the honor of my lifetime. Like, Mungad, the language. Oh, yes. Like, I love you guys. I am so obsessed with everything about that family. Um, and they're so and good. One of the things they, they were asking me, they were like, hey, what are some like cool names to name this baby? Because they were like, your name is so fucking weird. We want to see like some <laughs> other like interesting names. Um, and so I gave them, I just gave them a list of like 10 names, but I put Nafisa on there. Cause I was like, this name is great. Like it's such a good, <laughs> powerful name. Um, and it's just fun to say. Uh, and, and they chose Nafisa. So there's a little baby Nafisa running around the Philippines, oh. swimming in the ocean in the Daga. Yes. Being beautiful. <laughs> um, and, and it all went back to, uh, seeing UConn play in in the tournament one year. Well, yeah. Um, can I tell her that if I ever talk to her? Yes, tell her. Literally, yes. Tell I have her. to Please. tell her that. Please. Um, Please. That is so cool. Because and the... it is a beautiful name. Yes. Yeah. And because, like, the reason that I brought that up was because Nafisa Collier, you had told us, had just become um, a member of the organization eco-athletes question mark um so elena do you anything do you know more about that are you gonna join are you gonna be best friends with nafisa are you gonna get to know baby uh, nafisa tell us i hope so um i <laughs> well i joined eco-athletes um they just had their one year anniversary i think a couple weeks ago i had joined them in the during the pandemic um so i am part of eco-athletes and so then i'm always watching about the athletes that are joining you know we have nfl athletes mlb athletes field hockey, um, netballers, and, you know, they're all race walkers. (laughs) They're all joining. There's so many athletes that want to talk about climate change. And Nafisa Collier is one of them. She joined. She is, I think, like the 35th, the 35th eco-athlete to join. Um, And so sometimes we have events where we're all, you know, on a Zoom together. And if I ever get the opportunity, that's going to be my, um, (laughs) that's going to be my intro. That's how I'm going to segue into becoming friends with her is yes oh my god this is so good i also (laughs) did not know you were on like zoom calls with famous athletes because like so your ascension to into this world of like international sport we talked about was pretty wild and how like it just obviously because of your talent and hard work but it just kind of happened upon you right Uh, is it kind of wild to be in that same space as some of those very famous athletes that people know across the globe does that freak you out? Because I'm geeking out about just talking to you over my phone right now, let alone being in a Zoom and seeing <laughs> Nafisa Collier's face. Yes. Um, I It's full-on, like, imposter syndrome, almost. You're like, <laughs> you, you know, I and I am, I'm such a fangirl. Like, I still fangirl my teammates. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's a left Kelter, like, best women's rugby player. Yes. You know, like, I will do that to my teammates. So then I'm on a call with all these other athletes, and I'm like, just maybe don't talk, Elena. Maybe just let them talk <laughs> and don't, don't say anything right now. Um but you know getting more comfortable trying to get more comfortable in the space and you know make connections with um people that you know want to do a lot of want to do a lot of good things with their platform and yeah just snaps everything well it sounds like you're doing a really good job of inserting yourself into the spaces that you want to be in joining eco athletes and all this stuff did you do any of that um environmental advocacy in college or like prior to being an eco athlete or an international rugby player was it something you were always into? Um, 
I I mean I grew up I am from Michigan. I grew up like on the like on right next to this river like in the woods. I was like a free range child, mm-hmm. but it never <laughs> really <laughs> it never really like I I didn't really think about it. Like I went in as a pre med student and then came out environmental studies. So I think there was one class that was like um, I think it was public health and environment that you know showed how they showed the consequences of climate change and that is what just like kind of just turned just turned my whole career development pathway like in a different direction um and that's when I started learning more about the environment and then um when I started when I came here to play rugby I I just wanted to keep my foot in the door just it's just in case you know it didn't work out I got cut, whatever I wanted to be able to, you know, still find a job, still have work experience. So that's where mm-hmm. I started kind of doing more environmental work. Um, and then till recently blended the, those two worlds together, like I said. You know what's that's wild? Fantastic. I just thought of another weird. Um, when, when we were in the Philippines, we met this woman who also played rugby um, and who had also been, I think, a Peace Corps volunteer in Mozambique. And then afterwards she started like a nonprofit, uh, like girls empowerment rugby oh program God. in Mozambique called Adi Dare. We should get her on. So cool. Yeah. yeah Wait, okay. Really quick. You remember how it was spelled for the first like 10 seconds you were talking. I was like, who is he talking about? And I completely forgot about this. How did you remember it down to the name? That's yeah, crazy. I follow it on Facebook. My brain does not do that. Wait, oh, spell, okay. it, spell it again. A-D-E-D-A-R. Yeah, it was okay. totally random. We just happened to be on a jeepney. And this, like, jeepney. six foot five, like, <laughs> white woman gets on the jeepney. And we're like, oh, you must not be from around here. And then she's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm here, like, on vacation after doing Peace Corps in Mozambique. Um, and and she was telling us, like, she's really passionate about rugby and just went back and started playing rugby um, in Mozambique and set up this whole nonprofit. Oh, this looks so cool. And I can see her, right? She's, you know, she's from the U.S. She's wearing USA, you know, the same USA rugby kit. And she looks familiar, but from the picture, I, I can't be 100% sure that I know who she is. Maybe if I... Do you know her name? Uh, oh my god, I should. She was really cool. I don't. I don't we remember. Need to, um... Oh, no, I love this. Who, this is who awesome. are we? Hmm? I'm sorry. My <laughs> just, delay is just a question. No. <laughs> who, who I'm are just... we? <laughs> no, Where I'm, are we? Um, I'm at the... <laughs> I'm at the um, Adidar website, and I'm on the page, Who Are We?, trying to find out who, what the name of this person is, but um, she's not there, so continue on. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at it, too, now. Um, no, I love it. And I'm so jealous of how much time you've, you guys have both been able to spend in the Philippines. Like, actually, right b- before I came here, I had applied to the Peace Corps <sighs> because I wanted to do the Peace Corps in the Philippines. And that is not a lie. I, yes. I, was, I had an interview and then I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. Oh I can't do it at this time because they said that I could go play rugby. 
but it's I'm, I'm still holding on to it like afterwards I'm like maybe I'll join the Peace Corps and go to the Philippines if if I can um, and you know do a lot of great work there and I, I, I would love to hear more about what you guys did you should go to the Philippines oh my gosh like women's rugby program there that would be the sickest thing ever to open up a chapter they have a national Adidar. Uh, well they have um, they have um their national team is called the volcano oh that's such a good name yes love that um we had a friend who lived near them who played for them yes um uh, she she um i think she's a u.s i'm not sure i think she has dual citizenship the u.s and the philippines and so she played for them in um a southeast asian tournament oh nice have you been to the philippines yeah. at all yet elena um i went three years ago to see my you have family there where'd you get to see yes Ooh. i saw my lolo i was lolo. on lolo. the island of panay um he and they were in ilo ilo city how was it it was beautiful i love the philippines <laughs> um and I just, it, I don't know, it, it felt, it just, my, you know, my mom moved when she was 25, um, and it was just nice to kind of, like, see her in that element, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Spent 25 years there and then moved. I spent two years there, and I'm like, ugh, I'm itching to go back. 25 years, I can, and, like, growing up there, too. That must have been such a fun reunion to witness, seeing her back in that space. Yeah. Yeah, and seeing her and seeing her dad, I don't see my Lolo that often. So, and well, I actually used to call him Grandpa Lolo, oh. and then all my cousins would make fun of me because I would just be calling him Grandpa, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So Saba and I were in the in the Bicol region, so still on the same island as Manila, but like a twelve-hour overnight bus ride. Um, to the southeast, um, really close to Mount Myon, if you know where that is. Well, maybe one day the Olympics will be in the Philippines and you'll be there playing rugby. We're so close, you know, this this year, so close. Tokyo, Manila. Um, Ooh, if yeah, you go pop on to down. Tokyo, are you going to yeah, do a little victory lap through the Philippines? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to stop by. With like a Balik Bayan box <laughs> yeah. of all of the stuff. Yes! <laughs> Absolutely. What years were you in the Philippines? 2015 to 2017. We were there uh, <laughs> right when Duterte got elected and came in right during that election. So we actually were there during a kind of a wild time for a little bit. It was uh, really interesting to witness like the elections and um on top of just being kind of overwhelmed by the day-to-day at the beginning to then have election season thrust upon us in such an interesting election um not to make things too political but it was kind of a wild time yeah and you know my mom doesn't I know my my aunts and uncles will keep up so I hear about it a little bit and that's something that I I want to do more of is like know more about what's happening in the Philippines know more about like the history of you know Filipino Americans um but yeah, that what what was that like? <laughs> well, okay, election I have, season. I have one thing you go. that makes me crazy. You go. The, so the elections were were really really interesting. And one thing that happened was there was quote unquote vote buying, 
in my town. So, so we're like, we were both pretty like rural. So I don't know the extent to which vote buying happens in like bigger cities, maybe in the Philippines. But I just want to say that I honestly being there and experiencing it, I was kind of like, I don't think there's too much actually wrong with this because both candidates, this is for the mayor or election in my municipality, both candidates gave money to people and were like, Hey, vote for me. Here's like 500 pesos. And there was a candidate who gave people more money. He gave people like a thousand pesos to vote for him. Um, and the other candidate gave 500 and the one who gave 500 actually won because he was the better candidate. And it was just like, I almost got a different perspective on it. Like my vehicle was like pretty good at the time, but like not good enough to like have a super in-depth conversation about this. And also didn't know if it was appropriate to ask people about it, but I almost felt like it was less vote buying and more like you literally have to pay the people to be on the ballot and like be worthy of even them considering voting for you you have to pay them directly rather than like oh you have to pay and like lick whatever you know that that you have to like suck up to all these like (laughs) corporate interests in order to get on the ballot in the u.s and get votes so right right you don't have to lick any corporate interests people who think that like oh vote (laughs) buying is like the worst thing ever we have to stamp it out it's like no go there and see it and then you might have a more nuanced perspective and that's just—I always thought that was just like crazy for me. Um, are those numbers accurate? Like, isn't because you said like what, like a hundred pesos? Isn't that like a dime? No, yes. Yeah, so maybe my conversion was, was the lowest thing <laughs> one gave five hundred pesos, which is the equivalent at the time. It was the equivalent to like ten dollars, um, and a mm-hmm. thousand pesos is like the equivalent to twenty. So yeah, they, mm-hmm. they weren't, mm-hmm. and, and given like the, the level, the like income in that area, though they were not trivial amounts. Mm. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And I, um, it was interesting to hear Saba's perspective on that because I didn't really get the same, I mean, election season is long, so I saw a lot of it, um, but for the actual election and for like that month and a half i was actually in manila um so i wasn't in my municipality or at my site so manila was like the day of the election peace peace Corps is kind of wild they're really strict with what you can and can't do and the rules are a little bananas um we could talk about that for 17 hours probably but um it was really strict in the hostel that peace corps puts us up in when we visit manila um they said on election day you are not allowed to like leave the premises so make sure you have whatever you have just because there there have been times and i think this was a little overcautious which peace corps definitely is um but there have been times that there's been um politically related violence um but my personal experience i didn't see anything i didn't hear anything for the actual election i was in a hostel in manila and told not to leave by a very overcautious system that I was involved in. So it was really cool to hear Sabah talk about it and like witness the vote buying and kind of gain a new perspective. And it was interesting that we had that opportunity because it, elections in the Philippines happen every six years, at least the presidential ones. So um, there, it was kind of yeah. luck of the draw that we got to see it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even know that. Like I am just learning so much <laughs> and then you guys will speak Tagalog to me and I will really be on google translate just like (laughs) 
<laughs> Are they saying what I think they're saying? Honestly, that was much better than I am. There's a good chance that I am not saying what I think I'm saying. So I'm a little out of breath. <laughs> but um, we should talk about, Sav, the, like, the kind of theme songs that come out of the election times because something that was very popular is you would see like a very popular song and then um, a campaign team would remix it and insert the name of their um, of their candidate into it. So the only one that I remember is that there was <laughs> someone in the Be Cool region, and these are like today's hits, right? They're not just like like inter- like cart- um, commercial jingles. They're like the songs that everyone knows. There was this woman named Amelda Papin. I don't know if she won. I don't know if she was running for, but it was just like this like club hit that was just like, Amelda Papin, and it would blast on trucks from like trucks. You would just be sitting, minding your business in a quiet road, and it would blast by you. And I was like, "This is so different than what I'm used to out of elections." Like a fun hip hop song with like Elizabeth Warren's name thrown in. Like we don't see that here usually. (laughs) Do you remember any other ones, Sab? Any other songs? It'd be like. It'd be like, I want that wet ass Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Get Get out! Oh my god. That's preposterous. Yeah. It was wild though. It was really funny. Oh, I said it's um it's a really smart like strategy for like Filipinos. I just feel like I don't know. I know music is big everywhere, but like to to (laughs) ingrain your name. Because everybody's like singing it. Or whatever, oh yeah, but... it it is a different level and relationship. It... <laughs> yes, fully. I mean, videoki, and I mean, you could be walking down the road. I love videoki there because it's just like, come one, come all, sing your heart out. Doesn't matter if you're good or not. But then you walk down like the street and you hear it. You're out at a rest or a bar. You hear it, and it's ninety percent of the time, it sounds like angels are singing. Like music in the Philippines, Filipinos are so connected to music. So absolutely. And look at five years later, I still remember that Imelda Papin song. And I don't even know who she is, but I know that song. So it was a favorite. <laughs> Elena, before we let you go, um, we have a couple more questions. And mine is, um, from your perspective, like, what's the identity of uh, Team USA Women's Rugby going into the Olympics? Um, and then as a part B to that question, maybe what are your, like, the other two teams you think we should be on the lookout for? And, like, if there's just things in particular you think people tuning in this summer should be looking at. All right. Lots of questions. Um, <laughs> the first one, Team USA, what, you know, who are we? What's our playing style? That question um, again, who are we? We're getting really existential it, today. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that we actually talk about a lot because um bef- you know i think previously we really thought of ourselves ourselves as just like individual athletes you know like we were just we just had a lot of really athletic people and so we could get by you know playing countries that grew up playing rugby and knew knew rugby you know very well but you know in the past 3 years we've really grown out of that into like into a team that does understand rugby like a lot of the top tier teams do who have played it you know their whole lives so I mean one of our things that we haven't lost is athleticism we have you know 
our our girls are strong and they're fast mm-hmm. and they're smart you know yeah. we have we have all the three components that we can put together um and just like knowing that we want to play with pace and with power um because i think the other the other style of play is more with tempo so you know we have pace and power and i think that we use that to our advantage a little bit more than we use tempo play which you'll see more from new zealand and australia um who are both very smart you know rugby nations yes and and then i'm sorry the next couple <laughs> questions he's gonna lose them oh shit i kind of forgot this <laughs> question <laughs> yeah oh um what do you think what what is like what is like one one thing that you think people should be looking out for when they're watching um the women's rugby in the olympics this summer i mean i think for us if you're watching team usa one of my favorite things about us is that like i think we're very representative of usa so you know you're 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 watching us and like if you can see yourself in you know one of Mm. us that's you know that's a huge thing for us you know we want to empower young women so especially if like you know future women's rugby players are watching you know we want you to just see yourself in us um and you know have the have the courage to like go out there and go for your dreams i know that's really cheesy um and like you know go hit some people go hit it's, not, it's so fun yes. <laughs> all right you've inspired yeah. me i'm gonna leave that my house sprint to new mexico lovely. and tackle sabah i'm doing it it's done watch out (laughs) um yeah when i get arrested because i just went and hit somebody i'm gonna call you and be like this is your fault (laughs) (laughs) try to use i'll bail you out (laughs) try to use this podcast as as like a justifiable reason in court be like oh but it was a podcast it's so influential (laughs) 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 um Elena, really quick before I forget to do it before we go, are there, I want to know about some social media handles for you, if you want people to follow you and you would like to share, or for USA Women's Rugby, where can we stay up to date with all the scores and news about what's going on with the team and with you? Yeah, you can follow USA Rugby. You can follow me. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to put my tags out there? But also you can follow Going for Green because it's coming out next next week. It's starting next week for Earth Week. We're working out, and it's going to plant trees. And you can join us by going on the Active Giving app and using our code R-U-G-G-F-G. And I know that was a quick pitch to six people, but six people can help us plant, you know, 5,000 trees. So we're going for it. <laughs> yep. And you said it was... Um... On the active giving app, going for green. And what was that code? R-U-G-G-F-G? Yes. So it's rugby going for green. That's the, yes. Does USA Rugby have a Instagram? Because I'm trying to keep up. And I am not good at it unless I have something to remind me. Is there an Instagram handle out there for USA Rugby? Yeah, you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I'm I'm pretty sure it's just at USA Rugby, and they will they will give you everything, um, sevens or fifteens, um, and yeah, you'll see us up there. Before we were going to say this out, uh, <laughs> let's have 
let's have our let's have our our ones to watch. Jimmy, what's your what's your one to watch? Your gold star. Oh, okay. I have a couple. Um, uh, I am thinking first of all this summer the Olympics. My thing to watch is Elena Olsen and the USA women's rugby team at the Olympics. <laughs> um, obviously, go to go to usarugby.com to to stream it. It'll be there. Follow them on Insta. Um, my thing to watch outside of that <laughs> is I have been rewatching seasons of this is embarrassing, but such a guilty pleasure of America's Next Top Model with Shawnee. Um, shamelessly, we are binging them, and it Ooh. is honestly it all. It's like a fun guilty pleasure show that you can like watch, half watch, and just like see some cool pictures and like insanely stupid things and all of Tyra Banks's antics, which are outrageous but it also feels like a time capsule to like not that things are super different now but there's certain like things that are done and said by the people on that show that I'm like oh okay 2001 I haven't heard that word in a while so it's a weird little social experiment too to check out (laughs) Um, but that's what I'm watching right now USA Women's Rugby and America's Next Top Model so let's do it what about you Seb my one to watch you know, we've all seen an onion grow, but it's I, springtime, so it's time to watch the flowers good. bloom. <laughs> okay, that all, that was going to be, like, mine. Oh, no! no. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be so good. <laughs> Elena, what's your gold star thing to watch? Um. Well, if you, if you want to watch, you know, more rugby more women's rugby my favorite player you can look her up her name is tyla nathan wong um she plays for new zealand i hope i don't get in trouble by saying that but um <laughs> she is so i think she is so good and um she's also part asian and probably part of the reason why i really love her um but then yeah what i was gonna say was like um, either, you know, go find yourself a really nice flower or a really nice leaf um, or, you know, go for a little hike and see what kind of view you can get. And um, that's what I would put my eyes on. Hell yeah. That will forever be the best I'll answer to that question. I literally just said rewatch America. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Women's Rugby! The ghost!